This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Yo, what up? We are back with another episode of You Can't Guard Me. Well, we got episode 10 right here. Just want to give you guys another, you know, thank you for all the support and everything. Please like and subscribe. Uh, I think some trolls got into my uh, ratings and gave me a bunch of ones. I mean, whatever. Do you, I guess. You don't see me coming to your job knocking the broom out your hand. So, it's all good. So, today, I mean, this whole week has been great for me. I know you guys have been kind of keeping up on my uh, Twitter. I mean, you guys... Some of you guys follow me, uh, at it's Ant Wright. Um, it's been a crazy, crazy, crazy week for me personally. Um, went from viewing homes on you know Sunday, and then going to see homes on Monday, and freaking fell in love with this one place, and uh, they signed the uh, they. We offered, then they counter-offered, and we accepted it um, just a few days later, which was, you know, nuts to me. And we already, we've already gone through the underwriting process, and um, it's been smooth. It's been seamless. That was, man, but high anxiety, man, high anxiety. Um, still have the appraisal to go, and I got it. We had to do the uh, appraisal and the, what's the other thing called? Inspection. The inspection. So all that's going down next week. Hopefully that goes well and uh, I'm able to get into my first home. Uh, it's Oh my gosh, it's such a nice place. Such a nice place. And um, I'm glad that's going down. Uh, I'm glad about Michigan baseball. They play today versus Texas Tech. Little rematch. I uh, just saw it. it's going to be Kaufman versus the, the other guy that they had faced the first time around. Um... Yeah, it's it has been a, it has been a wild week, but I am looking forward to especially today and and this weekend. So, Michigan baseball, as you guys know, um, they're in what you would call the top six or final four. If they win if they beat Texas Tech one of the next two games, then they move on to the national championship versus the other side of the bracket. And that's huge going from like last four in to being able to be put in that position. It's awesome. Also, I mean, I've been shedding a lot of light on Portage. <laughs> Portage baseball. Uh, y'all are some beasts. Y'all are some beasts. And people think that I just found about Portage being good in baseball like two days ago. No, that's not the case whatsoever. So, long story short, uh, back when I was coaching varsity basketball, you know, somebody goes, you know, the uh, AD contacts me and goes, hey... This kid's transferring in from uh, Portage, Michigan. I'm like, okay, cool. So um, his name was Jack Shore. Jack Shore. Oh, man. 
Such a great kid. Such a great kid. His dad's amazing. You you could tell he was just raised. He was just raised correctly. Like some of these kids, good lord, man. They they have to grow up and be around so much garbage. But he, man, such a great family. Off topic. But um so Jack Shore comes in. Um, he's a good basketball player, but, you know, I kept hearing that, you know, baseball was his thing, you know, baseball was his thing. And, uh, after basketball season ends, of course, baseball season starts like within like a week after that. And then all I'm hearing from guys is like, man, Jack Shore is a beast and he's a beast and all this stuff. And Jack being, you know, super humble and understanding what Portage is, he keeps saying, dude. Back home in Portage, I would have been a normal person. You know, I would have been just a normal guy, just whatever. You come in the game, you strike everyone out, you hit home runs. Like, what else do you, like, what what are you supposed to do? Throw balls? Like, so, so, fast forward, this dude Jack was, like, all league first team, like, all region first team, all state. He pitched... He pitched Linden all the way to the state championship game, Division Two, Division Two or Three, I forget. But he pitched Linden all the way to the state championship game. I I don't think he could pitch the championship because I think he pitched the semis. But that just when that happened, I'm like, okay, there's something going on in Portage, man. There's some man. There's some in the water. I made a joke the other the other day saying how. Uh, baseball players rub their elbows with like unicorn sweat and dragon milk. I, I believe it. I mean, um, and the stories that I hear, and it's just a really, you know, really big time baseball town. Um, moving forward, change of gears. NBA draft last night. What an amazing draft. What an amazing draft. Over the last two weeks, I was getting. I was getting information and intel that Jordan was going to go first round, late first. (coughs) But I wasn't allowed to, like, tweet about it. There's a lot of things that, like, go on um, that I'm not allowed to tweet about or for the person's, for that person's sake, like, I'm not going to just put out there. But I just know that in the back of my mind so I know how to talk about certain things without things blowing up. So, about two weeks ago, someone goes, hey, just a heads up, Poole has a real good chance of going late in the first round. So, I wasn't completely shocked because if you, if you really, like, if, if you're not a casual and you really watch the game of basketball, um, Poole, his ceiling is crazy high, crazy, crazy high. When he was in his PNR, like, like go back and watch the North Carolina game. I mean, you had three first round picks. You had three first round picks, and Jordan was chopping them up. He was chopping all of them up. And then you know people want to say, yeah, well, yeah, well, look at what he did. I'm like, look, I've already said this in what was it, episode two of my podcast. They took the ball out of Jordan's hand because they couldn't have Xavier Simpson be the spot-up guy because they leave him and clog the lane. 
you can't take Simpson out because he's the he's your Swiss Army knife. He's your Draymond Green. He is your do everything, do all guy. So you so you can't take him out. It's like a catch twenty two. You're just chasing your own tail. So, um, what a great spot for him, man. Um, Golden State Warriors. You know you're you don't have KD for a full year. Um, you're gonna you're not gonna have Clay until. February, March, if he decides to come back. I mean, if he decides to come back next year, um, fire him. I wouldn't rush it because he's right at his contract year. Um, fully expect him to uh, to uh, re-sign and be a max player with the Warriors after he got gypped out of being a third-team all-league guy. I think he lost out on 31, 32 million dollars because of that. Because some guys were like picking like Marvin Bagley, Sabonis, just really irresponsible stuff, man. Um where a few votes, a few more a few more votes, he gets third team. He's eligible for the Supermax where he would have gotten, I think, 221 mil. But now because of where because of not getting that accolade, he falls to only being eligible for one hundred ninety million. In, in the grand scheme of thing, you know, two twenty one, one ninety is still a lot of freaking money. But thirty one million is thirty one million. And you hate to you you hate to be snubbed out of that significant amount of money just because someone wants to vote like a like a complete crazy person um so great for jordan no k no kd no clay jordan has a really good opportunity here on uncontested threes he was really freaking good there's gonna be a lot of attention being paid to steph curry of course because he's steph curry probably the best point guard to ever play the game uh, i think um, a lot of a lot of mid Midwest people would um, would be fifty fifty on him and Isaiah Thomas. Either way, I mean you're you're in great company. You are one of the best players to ever play. Jordan gets to play alongside of him. I think that's going to be amazing. Uh, in college, I've said this multiple times on my podcast. Uh, it is harder to score in college than it is in the NBA. This has been said by a lot of different guys. A lot of different guys have said the same exact thing. It is much harder to score in college than in, than in the NBA. You could you could clog the lane if you want to. There's more deficiencies offensively, so the defense doesn't have to cue in on certain guys. That's not the case in the NBA. Everyone, everyone is a threat at all three levels, or for the most part, especially somewhere like where. You're at you know Golden State where you're gonna get touches, you're gonna move. You're not just gonna sit in a corner. You're not gonna be an ISO ball where you, you know, say if you went to the Rockets where James Harden has has the ball all the time, they're not making Jordans go sit in a corner. That's not how the Warriors work. The Warriors are gonna move the ball. They're gonna move the ball. They're gonna you know make the extra pass. They're going to hit the open guy. They want the best team shot. Um, and having a four-man like Draymond in the pick and roll is huge because he's going to draw. You know, Steph's going to draw one, two, three guys. 
the ball in Draymond's hand, he's going to hit the wide open guy. He wants the assist. So he's going to hit the wide open guy. Um, having Jordan being able to move and being able to create off the bounce, being able to create in space, that's going to be he's, – he's going to have a lot of fun, man. I cannot wait to watch him play. Um, Iggy went 46th. Uh, I believe the Kings drafted him, but that was sent to the Knicks, I believe. Um, it's going to be a down franchise. That was going to be the landing spot for a lot of different people, but after the lottery went a certain way, um, now the Nets is becoming that spot that's trying to land a bunch of um, big free agents. So he's going to have an opportunity to play right away. It's going to be another season where they probably win 20, 30 games. Um, but he plays alongside his countryman, um, the kid from Duke, R.J. Barrett. And um, I think they play with each other with Team Canada. That should be a lot of fun. They're both lefty. They're both southpaws. Um, that should be a lot of fun. I can't wait until, until uh, Summer League feel bad for Matthews because he was moving up draft boards like crazy. He was D'ing people up. I think that's why Kevin Porter Jr. slipped to the to the uh, 30th pick. He was he was supposed to go top 20, but I think the fact that he got locked up so bad at the, at the uh, Spurs workout, I think that dropped him down quite a bit. Um, I feel bad for Matthews, though, but, you know, a guy who has that mentality defensively. I think I think he'll be able to bounce back. It's going to be a much tougher route to get back to the league now. Um but it's very very is very very possible if he shows that he's still um he's still agile, he can still move uh to be that 3 and D type of player. Um you know, three guys declared early, one went first, one went second. Due to an ACL injury, Matthews was undrafted. Um, but overall, I mean, granted, you know, looking at the scenarios, this was a really good draft for Michigan. Um, I think that was their eighth, their eighth number, their I think their eighth first round draft pick in like the last like six or seven years, um, which is pretty, which is pretty good, I'd say. Um, Shows that, you know, yes, Beeline did recruit well. I don't know what you guys are talking about with recruiting. Like, that, like he recruited well. Like, he recruited and succeeded. If you recruit, you can recruit a bunch of one-star guys. And if you are competing for a Big Ten and a national championship, you are recruiting well. Like, recruiting well is very relative. Um... You you just need to make sure that whoever you get it fits your style, and um, and so far Jawan is he is look he is offering some high level players. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that, <laughs> nothing wrong with that. Um, but at the same time, you know you have to make sure that you are prioritizing certain certain you know guys. It's not like Tinder; you can't just you know, swipe right on everyone and nobody knows. Everyone knows who you're offering. You can't just offer the top 100 and say, okay, two of them are going to come because, you know, because of numbers. Like, 
that's not how it works. You, know, you have to make sure that you, know, you are really honed in and focused on the guys that you know um, will be beneficial towards your program and vice versa. So there's nothing, with, there's nothing wrong with the way that Beeline recruited because it worked. And there's nothing wrong with the way that Juwan has started out. Only thing I'll say is when you get caught up in five-star this and five-star that and five-star this and five-star that, there's, there's nothing wrong with that. The only thing is that at an institution like Michigan, you really have to watch yourself and you really have to get guys who are academically um, efficient just as they are on the basketball court. Like they have to be they have to be academically good. Like they have to come in wanting to work and come in and you know come in, you know, wanting to get you know, just get halfway decent grades. Um, basketball cannot afford a Kareem Walker situation. Why why do I say that? Why why do I say that basketball cannot afford a Kareem Walker situation? I say that because in football, you can have seven or eight running backs ready to go. Ready to go. You can have seven or eight running backs. Most of them can be four stars. All you need is two of those guys to do well. In basketball, you don't have seven small forwards. You don't have a depth of seven point guards, seven centers, and you're just hoping one or two pan out. Like that's not how the roster's constructed. Um, Harbaugh can go out and get certain guys who may be question marks because he has a running back room of ten different people. All he needs one or two of them to do well. Quarterback as well, too. I mean, if you look at the QB room, you know, he can afford to get, you know, have a four or five star be questionable character or questionable academically. Because if if he doesn't pan out, I got another dude right behind him who's almost as talented, who could get the job done just as good, if not better. Who knows if given the opportunity. Um so football has that luxury, kind of. Basketball, not so much. Basketball, not so much. That's why hunting five stars is totally fine. Just as long, just just as long as they understand the culture at Michigan. It's a public school, but one of the harder ones to get into. Like you don't go to Michigan and you know and take BS classes. Like that's just not going to happen. Um, you can't afford a kid to be academically ineligible. You can't afford a kid to have, you know, an issue where they're suspended weeks at a time when the depth is already small to begin with, with only, what, 10, 11 scholarships tops? Um, You know, that's my only thing when it comes to five stars. So whenever I say, you know, you don't need a five star or you don't need to do this or that, it's, it's not me saying that I don't want them to come to the school. It's just that is he the, is this guy the risk you know, is this a worth a risk worth taking right now? Um, because I would hate for someone like Jawan in his first year have two or three guys who are five star kids. Hey, they come in, they do well. Um, you know, fourth, fifth in the league because they're still freshmen. They're five star, but they're still freshmen. 
high four stars, really, really good, but they're still fresh. They have a lot to learn. They leave, go to the NBA. Now those spots have to be filled again. Are you going to be able to fill them with the same type of talent, or are you bringing in guys who are going to last a few years? And then you may have to rely on some transfers. So it changes the dynamic of things a bit. Um, I just hope that Juwan has a – he's not out here just – getting a bunch of things just to get it. Like like if you if you want to bake a cake, you have the ingredients lined up to get to, to you know get that cake. You don't just go to the store and get a bunch of random stuff because they're premium, knowing very well that when we cook this it's not gonna turn into a not gonna turn into a cake. There has to be a story here. You know, what is the story? Is it just getting the best guys possible so you can out-talent teams? Um, In the Big Ten, that doesn't really work. Uh, You can't just out-talent teams. I mean, you saw that with Michigan State a couple years ago um, with, you know, Bridges and um, Jerry Jackson Jr. That team was crazy talented, really talented. Um, I just... You know, a little bit of chemistry here and there. Um, then they end up, you know, you know, struggling versus Bucknell, then losing to double-digit Syracuse. I'm like, that should never happen with that type of team. The next year, they lose those guys, but they get they get some guys who really buy in that are veterans as well, too. And then now you have a team that is way better just because – their chemistry is gelled now. So I'm much more getting the, the, the right guy, not necessarily the best guy. Because sometimes the best guy just doesn't fit with the team, just doesn't fit in the culture of the school. It's just, you know, get, get the guy that's going to bake Jawan's cake. Get the guy that's going to bake Jawan's cake. That's, that's all I ask for. Get the right ingredient to to have the best finished product as possible. Um, he's offered a few guys who were very, very good, though. Very, very good. Uh, Josh Christopher, he's number seven in uh, 2020. He'll be a senior next year. He reminds me of like a more polished Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart. Um, powerful two-guard. He's like 6'4", 200-plus pounds. I think by by the time he's in... in uh, in uh, college, he'll probably be about 6'4", 6'5", could be about 215, 220. Dude is is a bully on the court. He can score the ball. He's very, very confident. I think he's going to be a big-time two-way player. He moves his feet really, really well. Um, Right now, he has a a top six of Arizona State, Georgetown, Kansas, Missouri, Oregon, and UCLA. So those are his top six as of right now. Um, no, that's those are teams that Michigan has to beat. I think, just from a standpoint of Michigan, they should be able to. They should be able to pass a couple teams, but there's a there's you know, Mizzou's going to be tough to tough to beat. Kansas is going to be tough to beat, and so will UCLA and Oregon, I believe. He is a West Coast kid, so even harder, but um. Great offer. I don't mind that whatsoever. 
Two-way guys in college are huge, and they're super rare. But that kid can definitely play. All right, the next three, the, the next three kids he offered, um, I like all three of them very, very much. Like, oh, my gosh. These three dudes are very, very good, very, very talented, uh, high-character guys, too. I think all three of them would be great in Michigan. Um, I think they will be able to come come in, help, and play right away. <coughs> and they all live within an hour and a half of each other. It's just crazy. So first one is Pat Baldwin, Jr. He's number one ranked in class 2021. If you, if you don't know your classes yet, 2021 is you are a sophomore this past year. You're, you're going to be a junior next year. So just a heads up. Um, Pat Baldwin, he's about 6'8", 6'9". He reminds me a lot of Kyle Kuzma. Um, he's 16, but he would have he been picked first round last night. That dude is that good. He is really, really good. He is really, really good. He's a next-level player. 6'8", 6'9". He can handle it. He can shoot it. He can do whatever he wants on the basketball court. Uh, I think the uh, teams to beat for him are going to be Duke, Kansas. And I'm just going to say this now. Don't be surprised if University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee end up as one of his top teams. Why? Because his dad coaches there. I'm not saying that he's going to go there, but, you know, there are situations of, you know, kids following their dad no matter what, no matter where they are. If you look at right now at Detroit Mercy, Mike Davis is there. He got his kid Antoine Davis to commit there. I think he was like a, like a mid-high-level three-star kid. Um, and he's on a lot of NBA draft boards for next year and the year after that. He's a really good uh, player. I think he led... All freshmen in scoring his his first year, um, one of the highest scorers in the country last year as well too. So, um, I think Pat Baldwin, uh, that's gonna that kid is gonna be so good, so good. But he's still got to beat the Dukes and Candaces of the world. It's gonna be tough, but it's possible. It's a Milwaukee kid, Michigan is super close. When I say super close, you know, five six hour five six hour drive. That's not crazy. <coughs> Midwest kid, very, very good. Next is Michael Foster, also from the Milwaukee area, um, number six in class of 2021. Um, recruitment is pretty open right now for him, I'm noticing. But he is, uh, man, I think he's going to be the next really good point forward. He could do so, he, he can post. He has post moves. He has great touch around the basket. He His dunks, I mean, he finishes at a high level. His head is like a few inches from the rim. Um, great ball handling. He can push the ball in transition. He can shoot it off the bounce from three. He reminds me of, like, Blake Griffin right now, like a healthy Blake Griffin right now, um, where he's able to do those things. Uh like a LeBron type, like a Giannis type. Now, okay, okay, so you casuals, I'm not calling him Blake Griffin or LeBron or Giannis. I'm saying the way that he plays plays a lot like the style of play is like Blake Griffin now, not when Blake Griffin was in college or in high school because he's developed his game a lot. 
Um, he's like Blake Griffin now. Uh, Giannis now, if he had a jumper. Um, like a LeBron, because he's just because he's six nine. He's six nine, about two twenty, um, and he can do pretty much anything he wants on the basketball court. Uh, he's probably my favorite. He's probably my favorite of the four that Juwan offered because he can do so many things, and you don't really see this a lot of times in uh, in um, in college ball. So. That's Mike Foster, open rec- recruitment, very good basketball player, probably my favorite. Uh, next guy is Max Christie. He's number nine uh, in class of 2021. Uh, I've had a few people say, yeah, he's Doug Christie. He's not Doug Christie's son, okay? He's not Doug Christie's son. His mom went to Northwestern. His dad played at Wisconsin Superior. That's not Doug Christie's son. So stop saying that please um teams to beat for him are illinois northwestern and duke he's about 6'6 probably like 185 he's a little he's a little frail a little small but he um he he's he's a bucket getter he gets buckets not crazy explosive but he's a great shooter he's crafty he knows how to use his body and get to the rim he can finish with contact uh he's not gonna finish Above the rim, but you know he's very crafty around the hoop. Um, great high level IQ and basketball skills. My comp for him is probably Tyler Harrow. If you were to watch uh, Harrow play, uh, is very very similar, very very similar, um, almost like a Nick Stauskas type from his uh, sophomore year. Can do a lot of things. Can do a lot of things. Uh, Score at multiple levels, but my favorite of the four, you know, Christopher's good, Baldwin is good, Foster's good, Christie is good, um, but I like Foster's game a lot. I like Foster's game a lot, and Baldwin's game a lot. I like them all, but if I were to rank them in terms of how much I would like them to play at Michigan, it's probably going to be like Foster's first. Baldwin, Christie, or Tide. Um, so, yeah, that's great that he's pursuing these these guys. And it's great that the three that he's pursuing hard in class of 2021, these guys have a lot of time to really think about things. And Juwan has time to get his stuff together. He has time to get his, you know, the philosophy right. He He'll have time to, you know, learn more about the kids and for the kids to learn more about him. Um, just so they can, you know, just so they can hopefully grow and um, hopefully they choose Michigan. Who knows? It's going to be a long shot, but if you can get one, I mean, you are in really, you know, you're looking really, really good. Really, really good. But just because he's offering five stars means absolutely nothing. Um... That means nothing. I mean, Northwestern has a good shot of landing Christie. Um, you got to be able. You have to be able to prioritize. And if and if you prioritize and you don't get one of these guys, you got to know who your plan B is and your plan C and your plan D. If you sell out, if you sell out on three or four kids, get none of them. 
you're going to find yourself getting a three, a three or two. Um, the Michigan fans are going to be mad again because that's all they do is get mad at stuff. Um, you can't and, and you can't offer just offer all of them like it's not tender, you know. It's not tender. Um, that's about it today. That's about it. Um, oh, I forgot. I got, I have a mailbag. I got a mailbag. Let me see if I can go to my mailbag right quick. Forgot all about it. Uh, let's see if I can get there. Okay. So, of course, I do this in one take. I don't edit. I don't do any of that stuff. Um, I'm going to look at these questions for the first time, too. Except one of them. I accidentally answered the question, <laughs> forgetting that I did the mailbag. Um, let's see here. Oh, that's from May 22nd. That's like that's the wrong one. Hold on. Uh, Twitter.com. Okay. Alright, there we go. Oh sweet. Only got a few questions. What does fun in the offense mean? I don't I don't know what that's talking about. Uh, how bad of a decision did Jordan Poole make by getting drafted in the first round? Terrible. Terrible, terrible, terrible decision. He should be ashamed of himself for making millions of dollars and not going to school all summer. How tall is KD really? KD is minimum seven feet tall. Don't let anyone else tell you anything different. DeMarcus Cousins is all of 6'11". KD towers over DeMarcus Cousins. Um, I would say seven feet, seven feet and a half. Minimum. Minimum. So yeah, that was fun. Um... Shout out to Michigan Baseball again. Going to go watch them play. Um, high levels of anxiety have already started. So, I, man, hope they kill it. Hope they kill it. I hope they do well. I hope they start the game out. They're winning 30-0 to zero so we can relax and calm down. But, as you know, it's going to be a close game, and we're going to be stressed out the entire time. But... Thank you again for listening in. You know my Twitter, it's Ant Right. Please like, subscribe, and all that fun stuff. Please. On top of that, I'm available on iTunes. I'm available on Spotify. If you have any suggestions or questions, please let me know. And I will try to fix them on a later show. If you have an idea I would love to I would love to incorporate anything that you guys have to say that's all I got for y'all
Peace. The podcast you just heard was made using Anchor. Ever thought about making your own podcast? Anchor makes it really easy for anyone to get started. It's a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing podcasts. Best of all, it's 100% free. Sign up now at anchor.fm slash new. That's anchor.fm slash new to get started.